Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're taking a look at what we're seeing. A big show list. Where are we at with box beef numbers? How are we moving hogs versus cattle? Are we going to be able to see the pickup now that the president and the ag secretary have said we'll start to see these markets and f- marketing facilities and packing plants reopen? Well, let's throw the flip side. This is going to kind of catch you scratching your head. Don't Google it. I want you to continue to listen. But May oats higher than May corn? Yeah, we're going to get all the details as we look at this today as we're joined by Brad Coima. Brad is with Coima. Coima and Varlick out of Sioux Center, Iowa. And Brad, as we always do with you, we, we start with the livestock side and this cattle market um big show numbers folks are waiting they're expecting to see you know now that these plants are opening back up to see a pickup but it's not happening yet well no it's not quick enough you're getting uh here and there first of all thank you for having me on and and thank you for your um empathy <clears throat> and understanding of um of the challenges that uh, agriculture production agriculture is facing right now so anyway thank you for understanding <clears throat> there's a lot of people that don't and people that i get interviewed by a t- from time to time uh, that are in that in that camp so the um the kill capacity i guess every morning i kind of go through all the major packers you know they're okay they're not uh the list of the ones that are 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 uh, really killing efficiently is very very short uh garden city uh, the Texas plants um, are pretty good, as close to you know normal as 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 there is. Um, then you have some uh, like Greeley uh, after their two weeks off, pretty good. Um, and uh, then you have Dakota City, who's not at all going to allegedly try a few tomorrow, and then hopefully Wednesday a little more. Um, and then today the news that sounds like Skyler might be real iffy uh, the rest of the week. Um, which is disappointing. I'm hoping that that was going to go better. Grand Islands, no runaway. Anyway, the whole, we're we're looking at so the every morning we go through it with my fundamental friends and say, well, what do you think this week? Last week we thought that that kill of four twenty um, four twenty five, um, we thought that was going to be the low. I'm not positive. Ugh. I don't like this Skyler thing, and the vibe out of Dakota City is 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 not giving me a lot of confidence. I I don't know. I was hoping that maybe we'd kill something like 450 or 60, but I, I tell you what, I, I don't know if we're going to. I'm not sure if we're we're going to have to hustle to make it to 400 unless something really changes on some of these plants. And of course, the point there is is we probably have a visible supply of, you know, I don't know. People got guesses all over the place, but I'm going to throw my guess of about 625,000 now. We were very, very current coming into this mess, thankfully, uh, but we've we've used that up and more. Uh, you know, there's no question uh, that you know inability to harvest this uh, the cattle and hogs both in a timely fashion is. We're all trying to measure that with with uh, how you're backing uh, both cattle and hogs up. Now, cattle futures, Susan, to be fair, are trading at a steep, steep discount. So, I mean, the market. This isn't a secret. The market knows that. You look at what's happening, and you talk about the Skyler facility. We look at the other ones that are, you know, Sioux Falls from the hog perspective that's starting to open. Now we've had the issues over the weekend with, with St. Joe, Missouri as well. It just seems to be one stacking up upon the other. But when it comes to the prices, we're not seeing any help out there for the producer. Uh, no kidding. Um, I, I just hope they can get by with a 405 box beef price today at noon, $27 higher today at noon. I mean, 
I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, are we trying to alienate every customer that they have out there, every Costco, every Hy-Vee? Um, and, and, and it just, it just, the optics of this when you're getting 95, maybe a dollar on cattle, um, I can't even really hardly talk about it. I just had lunch and I'm trying to keep it down, you know? Um, so, um, yeah, this is, this is a disturbing deal. Um, I guess they're doing it because they can, but there, there does seem to be something along the lines of what's right here too. I, uh, cash market last week was all over the place, anywhere from 95 to a few cattle at 105 to one particular packer. There is one packer that seems to want to try to help stabilize to a degree uh, the free fall in the cash market. Um, uh, but when you're only killing, you know, 60, 65% or whatever it is, uh, it's pretty easy for the packer to use up their captive supply cattle and the negotiated, the cash negotiated guy sits there with uh, with no bids. <clears throat> On the flip side of this, what about the hogs? I mean, they've got just as many uh, troubles and issues, but price-wise, you and I were talking about a $32 rally today. Ah, yes. Thank you. Let's give our listener a little hope. Um, markets can go higher, i.e. May hog futures, $32.22 since the 14th of April. $32.22 since the 14th of April. Um, so, yes, we are trading a futures market. We're not trading yesterday's news, I wish. Uh, sometimes the futures market kind of deteriorates itself to that. But we're trading a market that's supposed to be anticipating what we think hogs, cattle, corn, cocoa, whatever, is going to be worth in July or next September or whatever. Um, so, you know, I've been kind of encouraged that the hog deal, now part of that hog thing is because they're uh, indexed uh, contract uh, and part of the index is tied to the cutout value. Uh, but that's not certainly all of it. Um, you know, I, I wonder if part of the hog thing is, is, uh, is our export news, which has kind of gone by the rails here. But we've had three weeks in a row of monster exports and mainly to China. Um, so, you know, there's some encouragement uh, from the standpoint of that on the hogs. I hope Smithfield gets up and running good t this week. Um, but, yes, they, they've got some issues there, too, of course, uh, with, uh, with the ability to get, uh, get uh, animals dead on a timely basis. Uh, unfortunately, euthanasia is also a part of that market as well. Um, which is distasteful for anyone of us to talk about, but uh, I think that that's been part of the market also. Well, stick around, folks. When we come back, we're going to continue to take a look at this market, what we could see in the outlook, and then, of course, the, the grain side of everything happening as well. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue this conversation with Brad Poima. So what do we see in the near future for these livestock? Uh, cattle, hogs, is there some optimism out there for these producers? Well, <clears throat> I can tell you that there are some within the industry that are working very hard to try to do, can we do something both in the short term and the long term? Um, had a phone, uh, I was on a conference call Friday with um, <clears throat> the Assistant Secretary of the Agriculture, uh, Bill Northey, Iowa boy. Um, we've talked to Sonny Purdue also. I'm on a call here in a few minutes with NCBA. I mean, exploring all sorts of things. Some of them actually quite radical in terms of what might be both from a governmental intervention and or a, you know, a uh, association where we do it ourselves, try to figure out a way to, to slow down maybe the marketings or something of this stuff. I've 
Uh, do I have some optimism? I guess, of course, I have to be a glass half full guy. I, I, I can't imagine that as we see this wave of this uh, coronavirus go through these communities, you know, for the most part, young people get better. I hate it that anybody's going to get sick, or, you know, much less die. But there is a certain amount of, you know, at some point we are going to develop some herd immunity. Uh, hopefully that's happening already in some of these areas that are concentrated with a lot of this, these packing plant type workers. And I think that that's what, unfortunately, that's just the reality of that's what it's going to take. Um, uh, the, 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 the plants themselves are trying to do what they can, you know, to improve their, their workspace. But, you know, it's bigger than that. It's a 24-hour-a-day problem for these people. So um, I, I'm going to be hopeful that last week's kill was our worst. This week we get a little bit better. Next week some more. And then the Packers highly incentivized to kill. So when this thing gets, you know, where it's all clear and, and it's safe to go back, uh, I, I, I think you're going to be hearing Saturday and Sunday kills uh, in some places. So I hope we're getting close. Hopefully next time you and I talk that there's a little more, I can be more confident that that's exactly where we're at. Well, we'll jump over to the, the grain side of the trade, and I cannot remember when we've had a more picture-perfect, at least in, in our neck of the woods, yours and mine, to be able to get some crops in the ground. And, and corn really has just been clipping along in planting progress. Yeah, and I think the, you're exactly right in identifying what the main issue here is, um, and and that is, you know, less, less than uh, uh, non-threatening. I guess that's what I'm supposed to say, non-threatening weather. I would say you said it better, ideal planting conditions. Um, and, and a little bit of rain in the forecast, I think, too, is part of the market. There are some areas, um, um, like my son was showing me on my cell phone, you know, instead of me asking him how much rain did we have on a certain farm, he says, Dad, just look on your climate map or app on my phone, you know. So anyway, I was playing with that Saturday. And, um, yeah, there's areas in my neck of the woods that are about four inches behind normal. Um uh, so a little rain here, probably on top of what's gotten done, nice early job of planting is probably part of the reason the market's down a little bit. Um, <clears throat> we, we can't ever seem to, pardon me, um, quite get uh, a full separation either from talking about exports. Um, you know, I'm sure everybody caught the, uh, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, 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 bickering again from, from President Trump about, uh, you know, uh, um, some some uh, issues with China. Um yeah, you know, I now his trade minister backpedaled pretty good and said, "No, no, we're gonna, we're we're fine." Uh, but anytime you know some of that rhetoric goes around, we worry about whether or not we're doing some damage to some of our trade deals too. But I, I think the main focus of the market is 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 the ideal weather. <clears throat> oats and corn. You and I don't talk oats, but the fact that oats was higher than corn, what the heck is going on there? One of the old things that us old timers used to say was, "Oats knows." There's another one. Feeders are the leaders. Okay, uh, but oats knows meaning that somehow the oats used to be thought of as a harbinger or a uh, foreteller, uh, predictor uh, of what the rest of the of, of the row crops might do. Um, <clears throat> now, do I believe that's true? <laughs> I, I I bring it up just because I mean, when is the last time that May oats have been higher than May corn? I should have looked it up before you and I got on. I'm guessing in the early '80s somewhere because I remember back when I was first starting. Oats went from ninety cents to three dollars. I'm guessing that that's in that early '80s window. Um, but um, you know, you'd say, "Well, why would it?" Well, 
is partly it makes a bit of sense because it's a small grain. It's the first one in, right? So it's the first one that's going to be impacted by bad weather if it was dry or whatever. So, I mean, there is a little bit. You can kind of see how maybe uh, the oats might have had a little bit of that leadership role in the past. I, I only bring it up because it's quite odd and quite unique. Uh, uh, I, I can tell you that sitting on my side of the desk, the psychology on the grain markets is horrible. Um, uh, you know, to the point where you almost wonder why some of these guys even bother to plant it because they're so certain it's going to be worth nothing. Um, I, uh, I, I, I guess I would say I would, I would rather walk when everybody else is running and vice versa. Um, we'll see, you know, the odds of us putting back to back to back to back big record, near record crops in never used to work that way. Uh, not rooting against anybody, but, uh, you know, to me, you can't make a crop here the first week of May. So let's hope that maybe we uh, have a little better result than what everybody's expecting right now. All right. Sounds good, Brad. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Give us a call, 800-358-3047. Thanks, Brad. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors. That's a Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers right here on the World Radio Network.